0: Okay. Welcome everybody to the um, membership committee session today, the seminar. I hope you all got here okay, it sounds like. Got a nice group here. That's great. The theme for this year is building membership. Uh, Through communication and we're gonna have two panels that we're gonna have but before we get started with the panels. I want to find out who's in the room and I believe Allison is here and She's gonna go around with the mic and just give us your name and what state you're from We don't have time for a litany of what you belong to (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Uh, Artis Bazin and I'm the ACB membership chair.
1: Thank you. Paul Ianninson, North Dakota. I'm i married with Depp from North Dakota. I'm Peggy Garrett from Missouri City, Texas. Kay Love from Oklahoma. And I'm Tom Love from Oklahoma. That's my bad. Um,
0: Michael Talley, Birmingham, Alabama. Thank
1: you. Jeanette Dixon, Washington. Could you introduce yourself? No. You I will. Jane Lund, Bloomington,
0: Minnesota. Catalina Catalina Martinez, Minnesota. Deb Lewis, Kentucky. Colleen Kitagawa, Richfield, Minnesota.
2: Al Kitagawa, Minnesota.
1: Bill Jones from Georgia. Sandra Sermons, Rockville,
0: Maryland. Neil <laughs> Cross in California. <laughs>
1: Shh. Okay. Jeff Tom, California.
2: Merrill Spector, Maryland.
1: Rick Belcher from Missouri. Norman no, no, Hawaii. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> we,
3: Mona Yamada, Hawaii. <coughs> yeah,
1: right Erica Evans from Arkansas. Cindy Van Winkle, um,
0: Minnesota. <I did. laughs>
4: Denise Cawley, Lacey Washington.
1: John McCann, Tucson, Arizona.
2: <laughs> ben Ha from Boston, Massachusetts. Ellen Telker, Milford, Connecticut.
4: And I'm Allison Smitherman, Jackson, Mississippi. And I left one more person out back here in the back. Allison Pe- Al- <laughs> <laughs> <Alan> Peterson, <laughs> Forest, <laughs> North Dakota. <laughs> I sell barrel form raffle tickets. If you need one,
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Allison. You're welcome. <laughs> Can I have your attention, please? Okay, we're going to go ahead with our first panel, and our first panel is how does using membership incentives increase your membership? And we have three wonderful panel members here. Rebecca Bridges, who is chair of the affiliate and membership um, group, and we have Zelda Gebhardt, who is president of the North Dakota Association, and we have Leslie Spoon, who is co-chair of the auction committee.
5: Hi, I'm Zelda, and I'm from I'm the president of the North Dakota Association of the Blind, as artists said. Um, we. We feel like member incentives are a way of attracting attention to our organization as a whole, to the general public, to let them know that we exist. Uh, when we're doing member incentives, it it's, um, not only attracts new members, but it lets the public be aware of, of uh, who we are and what we do. So um, do we want to go, on to go through the, yeah. the things oh, that we yeah. do? Yeah. OK. Well, there's kind of two categories of member incentives that we use, and one is for uh, recruitment and one is for retention. And the recruitment part, the way we we do that is um, one thing we've done in the past, we're not currently doing, but we gave individuals who wanted to be members um, an opportunity to kind of try on our organization, kind of as a trial run. So if they joined in October, we would give them the rest of that calendar year free. And then they would not have to pay anything until uh, the renewal period, which starts in January. So we, we did that for a while. We're not currently doing that. Um, I do think it was, it was um, probably a good practice. Um another thing that we do is our college our scholarly our, sheesh, our college scholarships that we give, we give out four of those. each one of the recipients of those scholarships gets a free membership so they too get a free um, a free year while they're a scholarship winner um, get a chance to get to know us um, Get our publication, and um, so those are those are the kind of the two things that we've used for incentives um, to to recruit. Um, one other thing, we have a dynamic um, membership chair, and she's in the room. She announced herself, Mary Lou Stipp. She is our our vice president in our state. Our vice president is automatically the membership chair. And Mary Lou extends a membership to everyone. (laughs) If you happen to meet her in the elevator, she might ask you to join the North Dakota Association of the Blind. (laughs) I would not be at all surprised. Uh, Through her recruitment, we have members from 12 different states, including several former and the present president of ACB. (laughs) So she's not shy if she's getting groceries or shopping in Walmart or going to church, she's gonna ask. And uh, so just by invitation, uh, even if people aren't interested in becoming a member, it it gives her an opportunity to talk about our organization. So the recruitment involves um, that invitation. Um, All right, I'm just checking to see what I'm forgetting here. Uh, for retention, we have, we have four different areas. One is communication and information. Um, with that, um, the way we retain our members, because we feel like it's not just important to sign them up and have them become a member, uh, we're, we're trying really hard to communicate with our members and making them feel a part of our organization. Uh, we do have a quarterly newsletter which is, is sent out in four different formats. Um, that's sent to all of our members. That's part of their little incentive of being a member. Uh, we don't widely share that with just the public, although it is on our website. So if you have, want to see our newsletter, you can go to www.ndab.org. And you don't have to be a member. Um, but that is, that is one of the ways we communicate. Another way we just, at the last session that was in here, it was a really good one, you guys. But um, we talked about um, the the Fillmore voicemail and we've just chosen to call ours Dial-N-D-A-B. Because we have um, about 50 members that do not have access to a computer or do not know how to use a computer. And we feel like they need a chance to know what the organization is up to too. So, pretty much everything that is on our website or is shared with our regular membership that have computer access, um, we plan on putting on um, this. It's a tree box voicemail system and it, it does come with a fee. It's $22.95 a month, but we feel like that's a small price to pay for making all of our members feel a part of, of the organization. Um. Yeah, we're we're getting there. (laughs) That's that's not communication. Um, No. Okay. Under under communication, the the oh, we have a monthly just talking call, which is just we'll we'll pick out a theme, uh, and it might be on Ira, or or whatever, and we'll. Um, Announce that in our in our newsletter, so they know um, Four months in advance what's coming we hold it on on the third Tuesday of every every month for an hour and Members can just dial in to our teleconference call and it's really been fun We've just done that for a year, but I I think it is a good way to connect in North Dakota. We're a big state uh, With little opportunity to get together some of our larger cities have support groups um, but if you live in a town like I do of 600 and I don't even live in town I'm seven miles from that there is no support group. So this is a way for those people who are kind of out there to Hear another voice talk to another person, you know, um, and and find out information either about the organization or about technology or whatever it is that we're currently talking about so we use the just talking to, to connect um, I send along quite a few emails and I don't good or bad I'm glad everybody's got a delete button <laughs> but um, as I said the uh, the members that have emails will receive those the, the ones that don't uh, we plan on putting on on the voicemail and that's that's pretty much how how we do our communication at this time um, in North Dakota now the next area um, is as they mentioned before, NDAB Adult Summer Camp. We call this a connection and education because not only we do we get to spend a week together um, sharing. Uh, we're learning. We're learning new skills, new leisure activities, and also information and blindness skills uh, with activities every night. Um, that's that's a big incentive for members to be in the in the organization. We have many members that, that's why they are in our organization. That's how I knew found out about our organization was I was referred to NDAB Summer Camp. Went there, became a member. Um, our NDAB Summer Camp is free to anyone for the first year. Um, if you wanna come back the second year, you need to pay your dues. <laughs> and it costs the organization about $350. Um, For somebody to attend summer camp Um, but it is well worth that and people have said that camp has changed their life so it's a small price to pay for that and we definitely because we get to spend that face-to-face time together relationships are built and renewed it's it's very important to to most of us but not everybody gets to go to that um, some people have jobs, which is a good thing. We, we promote employment, um, but because of their jobs or their family commitments, aren't able to spend Sunday to Sunday, um, you know, taking a week out of their out of their yearly vacation slot to spend with us at summer camp. So we're trying something new this October, and I, I have no idea how this is going to turn out. Uh, we're, we're really excited about it, though. We're going to have what we call a recreational retreat, and we're going to meet from like Friday afternoon, Saturday, and Sunday until after lunch. And it will be kind of a shortened version of camp, only it won't be quite as structured as camp. We won't have classes, we have a shorter shorter period of time to get together, so um, we we will be doing more activities and games, and that's the reason we called it recreational retreat. Another difference between that and camp uh, will be the fact that our camp is an adult camp. You have to be 18 and older, even though we act like children. Uh, and, and for um, the recreational retreat, we do allow our junior members, who are 14 through 17, to join us at that. And we also made another exception. Um, since it is a short period of time, and we're likely to have somebody sighted that needs to drive us there, uh, and it would not make a lot of sense for them to go back home uh, and come back shortly to get us, uh, we're going to have a, like a plus one. So there will be a, a retreat attendee who will have um, be able to bring along with them or have them bring them however the case may be um um a parent a teacher a friend uh, you know just there'll be an attendee and a guest so we're planning that and we're, we're excited about that so that will be an incentive um that's about all i have on that yeah and then um the other two things that i want to mention that i feel like are incentives for for our membership is this convention um, we have budgeted uh, for three hundred dollars up to ten people to come to national convention now you all know you're here and you know three hundred dollars didn't get you here um, <laughs> but it's a help it's an encouragement and we also uh, send a, our president and 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 a, and a delegate but that's 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 what we do. That's what we do for incentives. I don't know, I don't have any numbers to, to tell you how that has improved our membership, um, recruitment or retainment, but that's what we do in North Dakota.
6: So that's a top, uh, uh, <laughs> the co <go> after Zelda. <laughs> so this is Leslie Spoon. Can you all hear me? Yeah. Okay, good. So, I'm sorry? Okay, kind of. And I talk loud okay can you hear me now all right good good okay so um this is leslie spoon and our incentives i live in orlando florida so our incentives in orlando i am the membership chair which is kind of out of my my hat that i normally do you know if anybody knows me my my passion is fundraising so i i do fundraising also but i do membership chair for our local chapter which is called greater orlando council of the blind um I took this over two years ago from another person that had it. And I also do membership for the Florida Council of Citizens with Low Vision, which is our low vision affiliate. So I get to do two memberships, which is exciting. <laughs> so um, it's fun. Um, I like it. You know, It's, it's out of my, my realm from fundraising, so it gives me another hat to do. Um, in our local chapter, our incentives that we've done um, in a couple, for the past couple of years We have a talking, braille and talking book library in Daytona Beach, Florida. Um, So we mailed out a letter to all of the um, people that live in Orange County, Osceola County, and Seminole County, which are counties in Florida. And we received about 25 to 30 new members from that. Yeah, it was a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, These people do the talking books, you know, the players, they get the players, they get the books from the mail, uh, you know, the, the talking book library mails from the books and everything like, you know, we normally get with the players. Um, so from that, they didn't know anything about um, Great Orlando Council of the Blind, so from that they joined and gave me all their information and it's been wonderful, we were at about 75 members and now we're up to 116 so that's been a really, really great incentive, incentive for us. Um, we also do, which I run, a trivia night event, um, which is a fundraiser we do through the year once, once every year um, in, in the spring. Um, I have a dear friend that used to work out with me when I had my gym, and she gives us a grant for, um, to help our members to come to our state convention. So they, they get their transportation paid for, they get their, um, w- they get one night paid for, they get one, one banquet or, or one of the banquets, we have two banquets, they get one of the banquets paid for. So that's out of our grant. So we usually have, about, it's, usually, it's a $1,300 grant, which is really nice. So um, we do that for, our, that's an incentive we do. Um, another thing that we do in our local chapter is that we do um, our links, which is our paratransit. Um, system we have tickets for our members that don't have the funds to come to our meetings so we give them uh, the tickets for links to come to and to and from our meetings from their home so we pay for them to come to our meetings which has really helped helped our meetings for people to come to our meetings you know Um, so that's that's really been a great incentive Um, if, if I turn over to the low vision part with membership what we do there um, we do scholarships like Zelda spoke about, and we have a scholarship for a person to come to the National Convention to come to the CCLVI part of the National Convention and be part of the, the meetings that CCLVI offers here at National Convention. Um, and then we also have, you know the book that we promote for, through insights into low vision with CCLVI. So we take that to the local low vision group for incentives. So, um, and then we, we meet and, you know, do, do fun things and, and just try and keep everybody involved and, you know, have those incentives going on throughout the year. So, um, that's pretty much, all, you know, the incentives that we do in, in, Orlando. So thank you for your time.
7: Okay. Let me see if I can eat this thing. Yikes. Oy. Um, well, I'm Rebecca Bridges and I live in Arlington, Virginia. whoop. Whoop. Yes. So these ladies are a tough act to follow, but, um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about a few things that we do, but also maybe talk about things a little bit of a higher level. Um, so, um, I am vice president in, uh, of ACB of Virginia. And so a number of, I mean, we, I feel like we've kind of been talking about some of the activities that our groups do, but like we have a book club and we have a uh, we have you know conference calls on various topics uh we do a trivia night which has been very wildly successful. We did one this year and it it really went uh it was phenomenal actually um did very well and we had uh we had friends from the other side of the aisle joining us too, which was very fun For that. <laughs> um trivia trivia nights are very popular. I think the students maybe are doing one so so go check it out. Um, plug for them but and the students have done them at the president's meetings too in the past very well very well attended Um, I mean those are just some of the activities we do I want to talk a little bit too about um, you know one of the things that I think is always a struggle is like in terms of membership like how do you get people to show up it can be difficult like in in northern Virginia we're faced with the question in our local chapter about like where do we have our meetings do we have it somewhere that's metro accessible and usually by a train like can you get there via train or a bus or do you have to you know take a the paratransit to get there and that's always a challenge figuring out kind of how to how to juggle that because some of the restaurants that might be accessible via the metro aren't very quiet right. See, it's hard to find a, like a private room and so I know I know that that can be a challenge just things to think about like how do we make and I love the idea of that um, Leslie mentioned about paying for people to get access and coming you know to your meeting that's that's nifty. I'd be curious how you arranged all that but anyway that's awesome um, One of the things that so artists mentioned the affiliate um, action affiliate membership action team. And I want to step back just a little bit. So this is a group that was founded um, by, uh, by the Eric and his group, his staff, um, at, kind of at the outset of ACB's renewed effort to do some strategic planning a few years ago. And so some of you may have come to the president's meeting and attended our, you know, where we talked about like a couple years ago we had, we had focus groups where we, you know, asked you guys questions about membership. Um, then we presented on the findings of those focus groups a couple years ago at the President's meeting after the, after the National Convention on the findings. Then we, um, this past year, had sessions on uh, the Development Action Team and the Membership Action Team had those breakout sessions, for those of you who were there, where we really dug in to some topics on membership and fundraising. And so I wanted to just step back a little bit and talk about some how we, you know, one of the things we talked about a lot on this action team, among other topics, is how do we identify what the incentives should be um, and really thinking long and hard about about that. I mean, finding, like, what appeals to people and then how do you measure that? So, you know, Zelda, you mentioned, I mean, that is one thing. So that's the next step, right? So we we build these incentives and then we need to see how successful are they so when we have these events do we does our attendance increase have we increased our membership like how can we can we attribute the 75 to 116 membership growth to specific activities that we have done and i think it's very it's very important that we begin to measure these things to figure out how successful or not successful these things are and um thinking about membership incentives so w- some incentives we've even done at the national level are um so there was a promotion in may with ira you guys might so you might know woo, woo, ira so um and so if you were an acb member you could sign up and you'd get like a month free or something i forget exactly but um, and that was wildly successful, actually. We had, um, Ira was very pleased, and as, were, as was ACB. Um, another thing we tried this year was, um, if you're a member, you can, like, pre-pre-register. So we had that, dead, that, that uh, timing where if you were an ACB member, you, at large or, or whatever, you could register before anybody else. For the conference and convention, and we actually had a number of people sign up as at large members so they could do that um, and i don 't have the numbers in front of me, but that is so I guess what i 'm saying is to think think creatively too, like when people join, maybe get their birthday, and i don 't want to get into the demographic discussion about well people don 't want to tell us when their birthday is, but if you let's what, let's say you know you don 't ask their age, but what is your birthday and year, you know birthday and month or something. Can you mail them something on their birthday? Can you call them on their birthday? Can you right so call yeah, Zelda says they do was it Zelda oh. yeah, you guys do calls on the on birthdays, like happy birthday, here's a little here's your paratransit ticket to our next meeting, whatever it is. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you know, think about things that doesn't have to be complicated, right just what are some things like, hey, wow, that's really cool. We could have people register earlier than anybody else who's already a member. Like, that's, you know, that is some of these just the simplest of things. You don't have to, like, give everybody a life insurance policy or do something great. You know, it doesn't have to be grand, right? It just has to be, you know, what are some things that that would appeal, um, you know, to, you know, are there, you know, different things, you know, do people like coffee do they like you know do they they like like to read do they like ira do they whatever it is just thinking creatively about and and uh you know really you know again it doesn't have to be um, anything super novel i feel like i was kind of all over the place but i will stop there and i guess we'll probably open it up for questions but thank you very much
0: Thank you, all three of you. We do have a couple minutes for questions. Um, Allison, do um, you want to take the roving mic? Um, raise your
1: hand if you have a question. Um, I have a question for Leslie. Um, yeah, I did ask your husband, Leslie, <laughs> to join. But anyway, um, OK, you, were, you had mentioned something about the library uh, getting a list. Wouldn't that be considered confidentiality as far as getting the members that get the
6: books okay, so can you hear me? okay, so no it's there's no confidentiality because i'm not they're sending it they're they are the members of the talking book library so it's it'd be like what I'm sorry, Mary Lou. So Mary Lou, you're a member of the Talking Book Library, I'll just say you live in Florida, okay? So you live in Florida, you're a member of the Talking Book Library. The director of the Talking Book Library, I sent him a flyer about (coughs) Great Orlando Council of the Blind. And so he put it in his information, and then I had my address in the letter, and he sent that with it, so then they sent everything back to me. So I didn't get anything from them if they didn't want to join, you know. Mm-hmm. So they did the mailing for me. I didn't do anything. I don't have any of their information unless they wanted to join, and then I had their information. Okay. Does that answer your question? Yep. Okay.
1: And then I um, have another um, – oh, where was I going with this? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I kind of lost my train of thought. Oh, about that birthday. Um, I encourage you guys to do that because I tell you what, it was overwhelming for them to get a call to know that they were thought of because they get become a member and it's just like, well, we're a member, but we don't know anything. So they get, they're get they excited when they get that birthday call. So And I do have a team of them working with me. No, that's
0: great.
2: Okay, we'll take one more question and then we have to move to our next panel. Hi, this is Min. Um, I guess my question is I'll... For anyone, so I really appreciate hearing about all of these different incentives, but I feel like that's more for like local level. Um, so I'm the president of ACP Students, and it's the national organization, so convention is really the only time that we have any in person events with our membership. So during the year, mostly we just hold calls on Zoom and we choose different topics and depending on the topic we can get you know 10 to 15 people but sometimes only like two or three show up so how do you like what can you do to encourage more participation because i feel like finding speakers for these topics is could be considered you know an incentive because they're really informational really interesting how do you um, send it out? Um,
0: do you, I know ACB students has an email list, but do you advertise it in any other way?
2: Do you send it to affiliates so that they can share it with their people? So we post it on social media, and I also post it on leadership a lot, and um, yes, our email list.
5: In North Dakota, we have no chapters. We have just a state affiliate, so we're a little bit like you. Um, and because of the distance that's involved from one city to the next, from one member to the next, um, it might be it it might as well be a, a thousand miles. <laughs> it's not but um, so in a lot of instances, that's where we have to revert back to um, the teleconference calls, like you said and um, you know that's 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 the way we do it
7: so I think that and I, I've been in your shoes, Min, uh, having been done a lot with ACB students back in the day, um, and working on membership at a national level. Um, I think that one of the things that we're looking at is even, so you've got, I think the Zoom, first of all, is a really good incentive, especially for students, because that is something that we can use quickly, and you just tap it, and it's in, and it's easy, and that seems to work well. Um, there one of the things that too is how do we so you have that let's say you have a presenter on a specific topic but then could you could you record it and post it somewhere so that in case you didn't have let's say five people come you archive that forever you know and you can offer that as an incentive like oh we have training on this topic or we have these these discussions and that you can listen to, you know, you're a member of our thing. You can maybe you have a page that's like a members only page and they can go whatever. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you just put it up for everybody. I don't know, but um, I think na- you're right. Nationally, it is challenging. So like knowing people's birthdays is good. Maybe you can do something there. Maybe knowing people's, you know, having having these sessions that, that can be recorded, um, and connecting people via Zoom and those other ways and. I think you guys do a very good job on on social media, as well, and getting uh, you know getting the word out about about the things that you do. Um, but I think nationally, it's just again thinking creatively about like how do we incentivize? You know, do we have some funds that we can allocate for stipends for convention, and maybe some you know people could apply to to do that, and or, you know, or submit something, or you know I don't know. There's there's lots of ways, and I'd love you know as and I know I know Cindy's in the room. Yay, Cindy! <laughs> and so, and I know that I'm I'm very much interested in looking at ways to incentivize membership, particularly for those who come in as scholarship winners and students, and and those who are kind of bridging that gap. So I know I'd love to talk to you guys, and I, I'm sure you know Cindy and others would too. But thanks for coming and asking the question.
0: Thank you for the questions, and thank you for this panel. And now we're going to replace it uh, with another panel. How can you get your members actively involved in your affiliate? And the members on this panel are Min Ha, president of a student group. Denise Colley from Washington State. She's the president of the Washington Council of the Blind. And then we have Carla Rushable from
2: Kentucky. And I think we all know her. <laughs> Hi, everyone. My name again is Min Ha, and I'm the president of ACB Students. Um, so when artists asked me to kind of speak on this topic, I was thinking about it a lot. And I think for us, the one thing that has worked extremely well um, to get students involved is The personal ask Um, I I don't think I can stress this enough but we when we get scholarship winners or new students who come to convention um, we we as a board um, kind of get to know them really well we spend a lot of time with them at events um, you know hanging out in the ACBS suite and we kind of feel for kind of what they're good at what their skill sets are and we say hey like you are really good at writing why don't you become our student advocate editor or why don't you um, join the committee to write articles for us or um, you're really good with computer science and programming can you help out with our website and I think that has made a ton of difference um like i know for our board now um with social media we have a marketing major she's amazing she has really done a phenomenal job kind of updating our social media channels like our facebook and our twitter have grown exponentially because of her and we we saw that and we asked her and she was like yes like i would definitely love to help. And for me personally, I joined ACB in 2012 when I was, when I won my ACB scholarship and my ACB student's mentor at the time, Caitlin Mangillo, she really encouraged me to get involved with ACB students. And she said, you would be amazing for the board, like try out for a position and kind of having that encouragement and that belief in me really made me feel confident and made me feel like, here are people that believe in me, that really value what I can offer to this organization, and that was really, really helpful.
4: Okay, got to do my
2: calisthenics
4: here. (laughs) Well, I'm Denise Colley, and I am president of Washington Council of the Blind. And um, something that we just started doing that I think is going to really help us a whole lot is we have felt for so long that, you know, members um, didn't really know what was really going on and, and might feel somewhat disenfranchised because they couldn't come to, physically come to our board meetings. And I don't know about the rest of you, but some of the... uh, Presidents of our local chapters While they were charged with bringing back information really didn't do a very good job of it (laughs) So We have decided to move into the 21st century and we have started holding um, Monthly board meetings as needed using zoom and then having two face-to-face board meetings a year one um, in the at the start of the year and then our pre-convention board meeting and allowing um, our members to be a part of it, of the board meeting, but not having to go anywhere to do it. And you can s- sit in your living room and have your coffee or whatever and come on to um, our, the zoom platform has been, a, a I think a really good experiment um, we have had as many as 40 to 50 people on our call, and um, they get to participate, they get to ask questions, they get to do all the things that anybody coming to our board meetings would. We also, um, with our face-to-face board meetings, also allow, um, uh, we also use, oh, there's my phone, sorry. We also allow people to use Zoom um, to listen if they can't, you know, come to the face-to-face board meeting. So I think it has been one way that has really um, given our members more of a uh, not only a feel for what's going on, but also just more knowledge. And with knowledge comes more um, desire, you know, to be a part. Um, I think, and I have said this um, in several of my. Um, uh, Caucuses this last c- couple weeks that, you know, I think the problem right now is people are not joiners. People don't are not joining things, and they they are you know with the advent of social media. While it's a good thing, um, we don't get together and talk to each other anymore. You know, it's all being done through <laughs> through um, Twitter and Facebook and texting and Snapchat and you know all of these things and. You really need to, if you're going to keep people, you really need to find out what is it that they, you know, why are they joining, and what is it they think they can bring to the organization. And I'm trying really hard to, because I really think we're at a point where people are going, what's in it for me? It's all about me, 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 me. And so I think we have to answer that question. What is in it for them? And I think we have to come at it from the perspective that um, it's not just about, uh, while advocacy and legislation and all of those things are important, because people are not really in the quote-unquote causes anymore, like we were when we were growing up, um, you have to figure out, and, and I'm trying really hard to do this, is to figure out, okay, what is it you're interested in? What's your passion? What pushes your Button to want to be involved because it's only when you do that that you're going to be able to keep them and retain them So we try really hard to do that and get our members on committees that We know that they're going to be interested in and want to be a part of it sometimes works. It sometimes doesn't Um, But you know, we work really hard to try to do that we also have um, We have co-editors this year of our um, newsletter that we send out, newspaper that we send out. Um, it was supposed to be three times a year, but they got so excited, it's gonna be four times. Um, but what they have done, and, and we kinda of got this idea from the Board of Publications, is we, have, we are doing theme newsletters. And um, while we tell people you don't have to stick to the theme, or you can be really creative about how you interpret the theme. We are getting a lot more people involved in writing articles and submitting articles and it 's really been fun to see what people come up with and what they submit and not only has it been a way of encouraging members and it doesn 't matter if you can 't write because you know we 'll help edit it and you know we 'll do what we need to do to make it look good um, but it 's really helped I think in in helping our members feel more like, "Hey, you know maybe I do have something to contribute, maybe I do have something to offer and it 's increased the size of our newspaper, which has been really exciting and it 's just been really neat to see um, <laughs> people come out of the woodwork who would never have before have um, you know submitted any kind of an article of any kind we 're trying to do columns and getting people to write columns um, on different things. Um, you know, not only doing columns on things like membership and things like that, but like we've got a healthy living column and we're going to possibly, we're trying to do it, rejuvenate our, our um, um, we do a, a, a column on, um, you know, um, reviewing the theater, reviewing movies. Somebody goes and watches a movie and reviews it. Um, so we're trying to come up with, uh, topics, news line, uh, uh, newspaper topics that we think are going to be of interest to them. And I think those are, you know, the two biggest things that we are doing right now in terms of really trying to help retain the membership that we have. I think the bottom line is just we've got to find ways to get them involved and then keep them. And that's important.
3: Well, I think... You know we all have different circumstances in our chapters and affiliates Um, but I think a common thread is that we have to offer the member and the potential member something uh, that as we said a benefit of membership Um, most people have got to have a reason to join or a reason to stay and They may if they pay you if you meet somebody and say oh, this sounds like a really neat group and they give you their membership but if and we've all done this if If we get the dues and then we have no contact with them for eight or nine months and It comes around next year time to collect membership and they haven't heard from us in a year they, They aren't likely to renew right? So and that can be a real challenge Because we have all of these things that have to be done, and we're all saying, well, you know, if everybody just helped out, well, how many organizations do you know where everybody is doing something? Uh, You show me that organization, I'll show you some real different, it just doesn't happen. The average organization or the average group has at best, at best, very best, Super best, twenty percent of the people doing all of work, is that not true? Okay, so if you can get ten percent of the of your membership doing something, you're doing really well. And the larger your membership gets, the harder that is to make happen. And uh, but but still, those you have to touch those other people, and I know that. in in the Kentucky Council of the Blind, we have life memberships. and There are some life members, honest to goodness, we we haven't heard from them for years, except we keep sending them newsletters. Now, if I stop sending them newsletters, uh, a lot of times I'm going to get a call and say, well, I haven't heard from you in a while. Well, that's wonderful. But I don't want to stop sending the newsletters to see if they're still breathing. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So, um, but... But in, in moving forward and and thinking what can we do to touch the members? So we have several things that we do. One of them is that, and some of them are things our chapters do, and other things are things that, that the Kentucky Council does on the state level. And, and I'm not sure we think of it as membership development, but it is. Um, one is that uh, you've probably, if you read the forum, a couple years ago, Kim Charleston came to visit our uh, roundabouts on Friday. And our Louisville group has an activity called Roundabout um, each Friday. And there's only a few Fridays in the year that it doesn't happen. It's every week, except for this year, the two weeks we're here in Rochester, last Friday and this Friday. Um, we won't meet. Uh, The Friday that our Kentucky School for the Blind alumni has their reunion and we won't meet the Friday that we have the state convention, of course, and That's about it You say well, what about the Fridays around the holidays? Well, we meet then too Okay, and and but those are not these are not formal meetings these are (laughs) These are um, first of all, they're much longer than your formal meeting aren't they Natalie? (laughs) (laughs) They start at 3.30 in the afternoon and go to 10 (laughs) and you think oh golly what would we do with people that long? Well the first hour and a half is that people can either just socialize and talk or they can do individualized things like um, we've had some people learn braille. Uh, We've had some people Get some tips on their iphones or with their orbit readers or with their um, other note takers Um, Or sometimes well, sometimes we do family trees and uh, we've got a couple of guys that are learning to play chess right now And so it's it's whatever The individual person wants it to be Five to six is a group discussion and that may be a speaker Like um, in June, we had a representative from our circuit court clerk's office. Um, Kentucky is behind most other states in issuing those new enhanced IDs, and they're just getting around to deciding they better join the rest of the country. And so she came and gave a very informative talk about what it takes to get those IDs and uh, what we have to have when... Our county starts issuing them in October, we hope. Um, In July, we will have a presentation at that time. Uh, A person visits, and they'll be talking about pet care and pet first aid. So at 6 o'clock, we have dinner. And many of you probably know Patty Cox. My daughter, she cooks every week. Um, 25 to 30 people. And some people come just to eat. <laughs> because she cooks things like like uh, ranch chicken tenders. Are they good, Natalie? Yes. yes. Well, <laughs> some people just come when we have ranch chicken tenders. Mac and cheese, green beans, salad, and dessert, and it's six bucks. Okay, so after dinner, it's games, and it can be bingo. When we get back, the one next week will be bingo, because normally it's the second week, and we're missing it. And the bingo players would be mighty unhappy if we didn't play bingo in July. But other times it may be password or it may be trivia or whatever. So that's what that looks like. And people can show up when they want and they can leave when they want. Well, that keeps people involved. And when they come in, we don't invite them to join that first night. Somebody may say, oh, how do I join this group? (coughs) And that's fine. But we don't really push on them. For membership, sometimes people may be there three or four times before they before they say, "Hey, is there? It, do I it, ha, do you join this group?" And you think that's kind of silly. Why wouldn't you invite them the first time? But we want them to want to belong, not just feel like they have to belong. Um, and they almost always wind up belonging. So uh, there's that type of activity. There's certainly something in that for people, and. People discover there's things they can do. One person collects the money. Some people help serve. Um, one guy who started from the low vision group, which I'm gonna talk a little bit about, he, he thought when he came to the low vision group a year and a half ago that, oh, he was all depressed. He just couldn't see. He was a, um, a, an advanced physics teacher at, um, at a high school across the river from us. And uh, first day I walked in, and he was just so depressed and down, and oh my goodness. And but now he comes to roundabout, and uh, one of his jobs is to help serve coffee. So he helps make the coffee, helps make sure the lights are on on the on the um, microphones if we can't get them to work. And you know he's discovered he can see pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so so that brings me to the low vision group. We started a low vision support group, and it meets the second and fourth Thursdays of every month. When we started that group, we only had two or three people showing up for quite some time. In fact, we started it as once a month. And about three months in, some of them started saying, you know, once a month isn't enough. If I miss, I've gone two months. So we went to twice a month. And now we're averaging 15 to 18 people at each meeting. And... They don't sign up to that. I give those people a, re- a, a reminder call on Tuesday or Wednesday before each meeting because these are people that, most of them have memory issues, you know? <laughs> these people are, well, the young ones are sometimes 72. Uh, you know, but they're really great people. Now, some of the people in that group are mid-50s. We've had some a little younger than that, but I'm going to tell you, they are all people who need us, and uh, they range in vision from a person who is, uh, is still able to drive. They shouldn't be, but they are, <laughs> um, to, to people who um, have no vision. We have one guy, I guess the most traumatic case, and the one I still can't believe is what it is, this guy lost his vision in in an accident. On April 11 of this year, he ran into a glass door. And it cut his eyes. And he has no vision. And the first day he came to the low vision group, his wife comes with him. And the first day he came he said nothing. She did all the talking. Now that's probably, I thought, oh, that's how it happens in that house. But the next night, they came on Thursday. And the next night, they came to Roundabout. And he's diabetic. The guy's 79. He used to be a teacher. Um, he used to, he's done a number of things. Professional guy. Um, and he came and that night he was overwhelmed because here were all of these blind people running around but but um, he uh he then started coming back we were afraid we would never see him again and last time at the low vision group we had another person come who had lost all their vision and she has been sitting in her chair for almost three years doing nothing literally sitting there doing nothing. Her husband says she never gets out of that chair. And now she's decided to, and we just had an open discussion. It was a true support group that day. No resources unless they wanted them. And guess who was telling her what she needed to be doing? This guy <laughs> that just lost his vision. The guy was really laying it out there. So anyway, in our groups, if, if we go in... We have to go in with a plan, but go in with the idea that your plan may not be what your people want to hear that day, and if they want to do something else other than what you've planned, then do what they want to do, and you'll speak to them much better. So that's all. Thank Thank you.
0: Well, thank you so much. Um, well, though, uh, unfortunately, they smoke so much, we uh, don't have time for uh, much time. We might have time for maybe one question, because uh, uh, we're um, getting, uh, uh, getting close to uh, having to shut down. So, okay, just one quick one. The membership committee has two handouts that we have in large print and braille. Uh, one is on program ideas for um, for young people, students, and on, for t- seniors. And then the other handout is membership benefits. And would a uh, couple people be willing to hand those out? <coughs> okay, um, who has the door prize ticket? And if you need your numbers read, uh, please let us know. So... <laughs> Oh, somebody said they had Ira read theirs. Yeah, nor, usually I braille them, and I forgot to bring the braille ones. I brought them ones I didn't have braille. <laughs> okay, is there anyone that has not had their ticket read yet? Okay, hold your hand up, and somebody will come and read it for you. And I'll send the handout to the membership email list. Um, if you're on there, and if you're not on the membership email list, uh, and you'd like to be, just let me know, anyone else need a ticket Red. Yeah. raise your hand raise your hand or stand up because so she can see it more easily okay we're going to go ahead and draw uh, did you come in late or something or okay we're going to have to draw because uh, some of these people have to go to the president's meeting in the other hotels so <laughs> Okay, I need you to read uh, uh, tickets for the prizes here. Okay, we're going to start drawing.
5: All right, very good. Okay. You draw on
0: all three. Okay. Okay, there you go. Okay. The last three digits are. You can repeat this. Okay. 085. 085. Okay. She gets these two. Okay, the next number, and we're stirring them up <laughs> good. Zero, eight, four. Wow, <laughs> zero, eight, four. <laughs> uh, maybe I mixed them too much. <laughs> Here you go. Is anybody there. uncertain
5: of. We don't have a. There you go, tree, you too. So.
0: Okay, we're going to draw another because nobody. Maybe somebody had to leave early. Yeah. Okay. Because there's meetings close. Two, three, four. Two, three, four.
2: Believe it or not, I don't know if this is part of the same group. But okay, that's probably part of.
0: Two, three,
2: four. Right
5: here. Okay. All right, I got it. Okay. Two, three, four. Also, I think it's part
0: of. Probably another one. Yeah. Okay. Now we have some gift cards. Those were uh, luggage tags. Okay. Zero nine three. Zero nine three? Okay. Zero nine three. Zero nine five. Zero nine five? Okay. Here you go. Zero eight zero. Here you go. There you go.
6: Okay. I know we handed these numbers out. Okay. Oh, okay. Got a winner.
0: Two, two, five. Two, two, five. Oh, okay. Here you go. Another gift card. Okay. Two, two, three. Two, two, three. Here's the last gift card. One. Zero nine eight. Okay, there you go. Okay, then we have a t-shirt. And this is the last prize. And, and then, um, Min, if you want to come up and make an announcement quick. Here you go. What's
6: out on the left side of it.
7: 8
2: 2 Okay. Okay, Min wants to make an announcement. Hi, I just wanna remind everyone that students at Next Generation are having our trivia night tonight at 7.15 in the Riverview Ballroom. So please be there, it's gonna be a lot of fun. We have awesome door prizes and raffle and then our comedy night is to follow in the same room. Thank you.